The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What what was that all about? Hello. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson and AJ Salveson. And you ask what that's all about. You know? <laughs> I had a couple of big fans today, you know, come say hi to me, and I I was feeling pretty good about myself, Eric. You know, they, they walked up, said, Hey, you know, we enjoy your show. Uh, we're big fans of you guys' show. Uh, thank you, you know. I come in and I'm telling you, and then you say I got a guy came over to me and said, how do I deal with you? <laughs> and then you've been calling me AJ all day, and you haven't told me my pick six yet. Well, I, I'm in another studio. Actually, in this studio. <laughs> You're throwing things at me. I was in this studio doing some work today. in my hair for like the last 45 minutes. And this sweet lady comes over, and <laughs> she t- told me that she was an avid KVNU listener has been for a very long time, and um, she wanted to come back, and she was trying to remember uh, a former KVNU personality from years gone by, and she just couldn't think of who it was that she was trying to think of. Anyway, she leaves, and then you bring her back in, so she because she just remembered what it was, who it was. It was Reed Andreessen, who was long time. A great voice of uh, of KVNU for a long time, voice of the Aggies for a long time. Anyway, she comes in and and you're so nice to show her where I am and what's going on and and she said, "Oh, and, and what's your name, young man?" Oh yeah, that's right. I'm AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I look at you and you're laughing. So okay, so the reason why I do that with everybody or is it just generational? If you know that they're above a certain age, you're just not even going to try. <laughs> I just don't even want to do it. No, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? That's actually semi-true. So like with like when I go to restaurants, like a fast food restaurant or whatever. Um, I mean, for some reason, to say the name Ajay is really hard for 95 percent of the people I meet. Really, really difficult for them. They're like Ajay, no Ajay, RJ, no, it's Ajay. Oh, Aji, no. No, no, it's odd. You know, when I used to try to do the voice to call, like, hey, phone. I'm not going to say it because it'll activate here in the studio and I don't want that. <laughs> call or, or text RJ, it would say, there is no RJ in your contact. I'm like, I don't want RJ. <laughs> so now, so instead, like, I'll go out just, I mean, even when at restaurants, I'll be like, they're like, yeah, can I get a name? I'm like, it's AJ. Great. And then, because I'm like, if it, it's RJ, it's what? It's, it's AJ. How do you spell it? It's A-U-G-H-J-A-U-A-Y. <laughs> there. You happy? You know, and so I just tell everybody I'm AJ, especially like you said, I hate to do this, but to a certain age, there's like a line where I'm like, you know what? It's AJ for all of you people. <laughs> and, and there's no complaints. They don't say a word. Now, when I was, uh, we were in San Diego State, there was this lady serving us dinner and uh, a couple of guys were sitting next to me, and I'm like, yeah, well, my name's AJ. Because I called her ma'am. She goes, ma'am, my name's Antoine, or whatever her name was. Antoine? I, I can't remember what her name was. And so I was like, oh, it's hi. It's not a very feminine. Antoine, my, my name's AJ. 
or I mean, I said AJ, and they and the two guys looked at me like, "What? No, you're not." And I was, "Oh crap!" And then so she looked at me like, "Oh, one of those guys, huh?" <laughs> Trying to be funny. <laughs> and then there's just like weird people that I'll see, like people who creep me out genuinely, and I'll be like, "My name's Jared or Tony or Robert." I won't even tell them my real name. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, being a celebrity, it happens. So you have to go incognito sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. How was your weekend, man? You had a chance to uh, disconnect, you said. Yeah, you know, it was a USU bye week, and so I took advantage of it, and I disconnected. I did How not really... was that? I didn't watch games. I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time with the family. Uh, we got out of town a little bit, picked some pumpkins and all that fun stuff, did some shopping. So uh, there was a lot of interesting games over the weekend, I understand, but I... I I did not see them in real time. Uh, I've been trying to do a lot of catch-up since on some see, notable games. And that's, I mean, you that's, can't get all of them, but I've been trying to get caught up on a couple well, of Well, that's a double-edged sword of what we do. I mean, because there's days where you just want to disconnect, like, right? Throw your phone out the door, turn the TV off, and just get out there with your wife and kids and, and spend time with them. And I can totally get that. Um, so, for me, I, I just kind of sat at home, watched football after hour after hour after hour. And by like 9 o'clock at night, I know Hawaii and Boise State were playing, but I was like, all right, this game's over. I'm out. I'm done. I just I need to watch something else besides football. So I watched baseball. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean a lot. That was a long game. Yeah. Well, there, Saturday, there was, Sundays was a long game. There was, yeah, and I mean there was a few long games in regards to football. A Quite a few long games. A, quite a few, I mean, stunners too. South Carolina was a 24-point underdog going into the hedges. They get out. I mean, despite coaching baffles on both sides in late in that game, uh, they, you know, South Carolina gets out of there with a win. Region 11 football on Friday was phenomenal. Two really good football games uh, that uh, you could have found on in, on uh, your local stations here. And we get ready for uh, the final week of the season. There's no RPI update for the final two weeks. So, well, I guess for last week going into this week, and then we won't hear until October 19th, right? Yeah, so we were – I normally like to put together an updated list of where the standings are and what are the latest RPI rankings. What do they reveal? What are they saying about the schools? And what, does that might, what might that mean when it comes to the postseason? Well, there was not an update revealed today. They've kept it quiet. They'll keep it – uh, they'll do one final one next Monday when they'll reveal those. Uh, and so they, they wait until all the games are, are played this week, and then they'll tabulate it all for the postseason, and uh, that'll be updated next week. But for as it stands right now in the region, um, we do have those standings, and it is, it, it's pretty clear what the – what the standings are. There's not like you have to look at tiebreakers and who played whom, where, and when. It's pretty cut and dry. Uh, but before we get into the, what the standings are, Ajay, there were, as you said, some really, some real doozies Friday night. You had two overtime games. Yeah, how about that? One that featured a ton of offense <clears throat> and one that featured a ton of defense. Really interesting how they were quite opposite of each other. Green Canyon and Logan, 36 to 35 for the Wolves. Uh, Green Canyon lines up to kick the extra point. Logan calls a timeout. Coach Andrew says, "All right, you're going to try to block my field goal or my uh, point after. All right, let's line up and go for two. Kind of a gutsy move. That and it really paid off. is like, like, like there's times to do it, and there's times where like you know let's just 
Let's go for overtime here. We have a good enough team to be able to get us into it. And to be quite honest, with all due respect to Logan, Green Canyon, I think, would have won that game in overtime. So really, really gutsy to go for two. And then to get it, too, which was even more impressive. Yes. Yeah, very gutsy play for the Wolves. They got it done. Uh, you know what? Logan... Has, I, I've seen some real improvements from the Grizzlies the last couple of say, weeks. Yep. Unfortunately, they just haven't been able to get very many in the W column for them. Uh, I, I feel bad for the Grizzlies. I still feel like that's a dangerous team come state playoff time. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think they could be one of those teams who could just sneak up and grab you um, when you just least expect it. Don't count the Grizzlies out come playoff time. And then the other game that was just incredible, it was the Mountain Crest Ridgeline. <laughs> No scores going into the end of the reg of regular time. Yeah, I don't know how good of a game it was. Like, there's good defensive games, and then there's just flat-out bad offensive games. And I think this one leans more towards the latter than the former. Both offenses struggle, we know that. But for Ridgeline, to not be able to put up more than, was it six point? No. Ridgeline scored three. Three. They kicked the field goal going first in overtime. See, that just, I mean, dude, what happened to the offense? To go from a team that was cooking offensively in preseason to a team that can, I mean, find the end zone on a lucky day. What happened? Where, where, where did it go? I know they're young. They don't have, I don't know if they have any seniors on the team or at least any seniors starting. They're extremely young. But, I mean, it just, it, it's odd. And so Ridgeline needs to figure it out and figure it out quickly because come playoff time, if they can't, someone who's a better team than what this region has been will put it on them. Yeah, Ridgeline went over. I mean, zero for five in Region Eleven play. Preseason doesn't mean anything sometimes when it comes to telling what your team's supposed to be like. Yeah, that that game really surprised me. Not not necessarily that Ridgeline lost, but just in how they lost. Yeah, and on the other side, Mountain Crest, who was zero and four in preseason, then sparks right up and comes out with a uh, a gigantic win. You know, I mean, you had the one, I mean, they beat Green Cannon, they do get trounced by Skyview, but who didn't? Um, they beat Logan, they're able to get by Bear River, again, no offense, but uh, good enough defense, and that's kind of been the theme for them this year. A great job by Jason Lee and his staff, getting this together, or getting this team back together after preseason, making adjustments appropriately, finding that, getting the ball in Hunter Schroeder's hands, in Mason Baldwin's hands benefits you greatly and when doing that they've been able to come away with a win uh that team you know depending on where they get put in the tournament that team was 0-4 and looking at dead last in the rpi now finds them in the top 10 and has almost all but assured themselves of a buy in the first round what a turnaround by mountain crest yeah no kidding huge turnaround for the mustangs uh so they are number two outright in the region standings green canyon they finish at three and two in region standing. So they're third. Bear River is two and three. Logan one and four. Ridgeline 0 oh and five. Skyview's on top. They have looked dominant. They have not lost a region game. And John Newbull, if you can listen, if you're listening to us, tell us, make me correct on this, but have not lost a region game since when? Like I think two this years? Is their third straight three, year. three straight years. Three straight years. So Mason Faltzel has not lost a region 11 football game. Since he started quarterback, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, they totally dominated Bear River on Friday. I think they assured themselves of that two spot, Eric. And oh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Park no City's question. your number one, but I think Skyview's your number two. No matter what happens with Green Canyon on Wednesday night. 
Yeah, Green Canyon, will they stay at the number three? Will they move down a little bit? That There's some question there where they finally end up. And will Mountain Crest stay in that top 10? And I think really what happens this week really will determine that a lot for the Mustangs. Um, yeah. So Mountain Crest this week, they, they are on the road. They're at Bountiful, which is a higher classification. But that's a team that's been struggling and is really not that great. Bountiful is three and six on the year. Uh, two and three in their own region. So um, that that for me is probably the biggest game this week for Region 11 teams because Mountain Crest is right there on that edge. They want to make sure they stay in the top 10. So it's out of region. Some might say it doesn't mean much, but boy, does it ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, things get tricky with this week. Again, it's a UEA weekend, so games will be on Wednesday. But with Green Canyon... Is it Green Canyon and Woods Cross? I, again, I forget. Yep, here. Green Green Canyon is at Woods Cross. That was a really good team. I was going to say, and then now, and I mean, they were ninth the last time we saw the RPI ranking. So if Green Canyon can beat Woods Cross, how much can it help them if enough to get over Skyview? I still don't think so. I think Skyview deserve. I think Skyview's earned and deserved that two spot. But I think anything if Green Canyon would be able to win, they would assure themselves the three spot. A loss might drop them back one more. Who knows? Um, I think there's Green Canyon is still going to be in the top ten. Oh yeah, they won't drop that far. But Jeez. I don't. But yeah. no, it would be hard to see if they if they lose if they'd still remain in the top five. Yeah. No. Okay. Top five. Yeah. If they lose, if if they'll be in the top five or not, I can definitely agree. Uh, and then Mountain Crest out Bountiful. You know, Bountiful is a very bad football team. So how much would a win actually help the Mustangs? Beating a bad football team now. I mean, they are in an upper class, but I just don't think they get that many points off of beating a. I mean, a team that's won only won two games this year, Eric. Now a loss. How much does it hurt them? Does it knock them off? Bountiful's won three games. Three. So they did win last time Friday. Then yes. Okay. So they. I mean, how much does it help? I mean, then how much does it hurt you if you lose to Bountiful? You know, there's kind of that lose lose situation with this game. Doesn't help you, but it could definitely hurt you if you lose. Right. I think that you. It, it helps because it's a higher classification team, um, and and it is a game. Some teams, some schools aren't playing the game this week, so it's another opportunity to add to your total, your win total, improve your your win percentage, and so I think that that means a lot. Another team who really could be hurt no matter what happens is Bear River, um, struggling offensively in just really bad ways. I uh, can't figure it out. I mean, for the life of me, I can't figure out what's happened to them offensively. They get Clearfield at home. By the way, what, what a gain for Bear River to be able to play Clearfield at home. That's it's amazing. Uh, Clearfield's one and eight on this, uh, one and eight overall, or one and six in region play. Um, if you lose to them, you're going to get bumped back quite. A, I, I think a couple of spots. If you win, I don't know if they even budge in the RPI. Yeah, I mean they're. It's not going to matter. I don't know that it's going to matter tremendously yeah. for Bear River anyway. Good point. Because Clearfield is is a bad team. It is a higher classification, which will help if, if Bear River can win that. But it's not like Bear River is going to get a first <clears throat> round buy here. They're not even. No, they're, they're not, not even playing close, for a buy anymore. They're yeah. not close to that anymore. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, by the way, Rich lost to Duchesne fifty two nil. Preston over Burley fifty one thirteen. Bear Lake. How about that? 41-14 winners over Malad. Bear Lake, 6-1 overall, 3-0 in region, or in, I guess, I don't know what it's called. Is it recall? It's called conferences. Conferences, okay. 
and uh, they get and how about this game? They get Westside five and one, two and zero oh in their conference on uh, on Friday. That will be a that doozy. would be a dandy of a game. I is that the game so, will be in Montpelier. How does our pickums work this week then? Okay, so that's a great question. So the Cash Valley Media Group preps pickem challenge presented by the Logo Shop. Uh, you will the the um, the chance to get your picks in for this week closes Wednesday at five o'clock. Okay, so this Wednesday then. All so because right. there's games on Wednesday, there are games on Thursday, there are games on Friday, and because there's games on Wednesday, to get your full point value opportunity, get your picks in by five o'clock on Wednesday. So uh, there's several different teams to choose from, um, and uh, all the all the Utah teams will play on Wednesday. Uh, Rich actually will excuse, I take that back. Rich actually will play on Thursday, uh, and then you've got a couple of uh, Idaho games on Friday. So make sure you get all your picks made by Wednesday. And so, um, by the way, speaking of that, the the high score for this last week, Quinn Bamey. Oh, Quinn, my man, got the really? high score. Uh, he had the more points than anybody else. We had 21 perfect picks. This was week. I one of them, by the way? Was I perfect? Uh, no, you were not perfect. Really? No. So Quinn gets a $100 gift certificate to Locker 42. Did you change my pick? Because I swear I was perfect. Congrats to Quinn. He gets that $100 that he can spend however he wants at Locker 42. Big cool. shopping spree. Quinn, let's go shopping together, my man. I love Quinn. Uh, he's he's also an automatic qualifier for our grand prize drawing. 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. And this week, so remember, get your picks in early. And if you have the highest total, by the time these are all these games are done, $100 gift certificate to Elements Restaurant. What? Yes. Are you serious? They've recently done a remodel in there. They've redone some <coughs> menu items. Uh, it's very nice dining at Elements Restaurant. Oh, it's incredible. And the you food. You can do a couple of date nights. Oh, there, yeah. Okay. Easily. Easily because they have these great deals. Like for like $40, you can do like an entree for you and your special someone. You get an appetizer and a dessert. Oh, my gosh. $100. $100 bucks to Elements Restaurant. So, again, before 5 o'clock on Wednesday, I can't stress it enough. Make sure you get your picks in early this week. Dude, J Love is 61 and 13 in this thing. <laughs> You're looking at the overall? Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, how come I'm not in the top 10? Yeah. Who is Mother Teresa? J Love has been very, very solid throughout this whole contest. Oh, man. AJ Knight? How come AJ's ahead of me? I'm 39 and 23? Wow. Been struggling. Uh, I missed. I missed on one game, and I was thirty third this past week. So a lot of people picked uh, a lot of really good uh, picks. Picks. Nice yeah, job. Right. That's great English. Uh, AJ How, Knight was John is forty eight nineteen. That kid's cheating. <laughs> wow! Look at all these contestants we have, man. Oh I'm actually. Uh, I'm. I'm ranked eleventh overall. For the season. Did you not just hear me say that? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Jeez. 48 and 25. Look at all these people in this contest, Eric. This is awesome, man. This is great. 
this is fun. I need to need to look at this more often. I haven't looked it up, looked at it quite enough. But uh, yeah, J Love, sixty one and thirteen, like Jordan Love, just dominant, <laughs> just dominating the competition. I love it. Well, good for Quinn Bainey. Quinn, my man. If you're probably not even listening, but great job. Hey, um, we need to take a step aside, but this is a good time to mention that since we're talking about giving things away. Yeah. Let's talk about the the thing that we love to talk about on Mondays here on the Full Court Press. Hey, don't forget our brother, brother. I hate you. I hate you. I'll get to Murray this year. The bread and butter play of the game, sponsored by Old Grist Mill. So this is a play that uh, happened at the Skyview game when they beat uh, Bear River. But if you can correctly identify what the bread and butter play of the game was from the Skyview versus Bear River football game on Friday night, we'll get you four loaves of bread to the Old Grist Mill. So... Uh, you can, if you can, if you remember what it was, if you're paying attention during the broadcast, and then after the game, John called, talked about it again. The bread and butter play of the game, 435-752-1069. If you can correctly identify the bread and butter play of the game from Friday night. We'll be back with more about what happened over the weekend with high school football uh, and high sc- uh, other high school playoffs. Uh, girls soccer playoffs are underway. And some local schools involved there, too. We'll talk about it next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back Full Court Press. AJ, excuse me, AJ... <laughs> You're having a hard time today. Oh man! You're like beating yourself up over there. I just, ow! I want workers' comp. Hey, you know what? Speaking of which, I have a complaint with you. Before you get to our complaint, we have a winner for our bird and birder. <laughs> we do have a winner for our bread and butter play of the game. Oh, now you want to say it all serious and professional? So. The uh, the the play was here's the play. There was a 72 yard touchdown bomb from Casey Carlson to Tate Ballard. There was little little less than two and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. That gave Skyview a 28 to nothing lead. Amy Fisher called right in and correctly identified it. So congratulations, Amy. Nice job, Amy. Amy gets four loaves of bread. From winner, the winner, wrist meal. Bread and dinner. You like that? Burder, burder. <laughs> I have a gripe with you. What? Oh, okay. Today's a holiday, right? For some. For some, yes. For people like me, Eric, I deserve to be able to mourn the loss of land that my ancestors had. In India? No, here in America. Before some guy came down a boat in 1492 and took it all away from us. In India? No, in America. They're hanging out on the beach. Because he thought he was headed to the West Indies. Yeah, so he got the wrong place, first of all. So that that's, I mean, that's offensive. And then he kicked my people off. That's also offensive. So I don't know why I can't have the day off today. But he didn't go to India. 
My people were over here. I, I was hanging out in India, but my people were over here. And I and I want the day off. I want the rest of this day off. Can I go home right now? Hey, don't forget our brother, brother. That's not even... I want... I want the day off. I want the day off. You know, I'm taking October 3rd. I'm taking all of it off. That is going to be my Columbus Day right there. October 30th is the... Native Americans version of Columbus Day, where we take it all off. Let's get back on topic, shall we? That was a good topic. Indigenous Peoples Day. It's a big movement going on for that. Right <laughs> Indigenous. Now. Yes. Hey, uh, we were talking about high school football over this past week. So Region 11 is now concluded. There are these out-of-conference games or out-of-region games that are happening. Everybody has a game on their schedule, except for Logan. So as we mentioned, uh, some of the schools that will be playing, Bear River will be hosting Clearfield. That'll be on 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County. Green Canyon will be on the road. They're at Woods Cross. That'll be on 100.9. Ridge Line will be on the road. They'll be at Viewmont. That'll be on 104.5 in Cache County, The Ranch. Mountain Crest will be at Bountiful. On 107.7. You going to call that game? Uh, yeah, I'll be there with AJ. AJ and AJ. Yes. Excellent. The AJ, AJ show. You should... And well, then there's Skyview versus Providence Hall. Mm-hmm. And not, it's hard to find information on Providence Hall because they're a charter school that just started playing football this year and they haven't won any games. But we'll have that game for you right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. With Hurricane, Hurricane John <clears throat> Newbold. Um, Eric, I was just looking at this. So, I mean, we'll get into all the football in our next hour. College, NFL, the whole shebang. But did you hear about that Zach Brown guy from the Eagles, the linebacker, d- earlier in the week? He had said that, you know what, Kirk Cousins is the weakest part of the Vikings offense. He's what stops the Vikings offense from going. And then he said he noted how he had played with them because he was a former man of the Vikings and said he could see it, man, in games and practices that he felt like Kirk Cousins was the weakest part. So Kirk Cousins comes out on Sunday and throws for four touchdowns and a 38-20 win. Today, Adam Scheffler has just announced that Zach Brown's been released from the Eagles. Oh. I'll show you the weakest link. <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, did you uh, get a chance to, uh, I guess you didn't, you disconnected, but the Jazz game uh, at at New Orleans um, came down to the wire. You know, the and I think I've said this before and I'll say it again to you and to everybody else listening. Um, the If we ever get in like serious injury riddle trouble, which don't put it past the basketball gods to just take do it, to take all their anger out, anger out on the Utah Jazz, we're screwed. Like, we, there is nobody who can handle it. Like, watching the final part of that game, like, no situational awareness, no flow offensive, no offensive rhythm or flow. Well, who was on the court? Well, I mean, you're talking about... Justin Wright Foreman? Yeah, you're talking about uh, G League guys. Okay, that guy's never going to see the court anyway. I'm, well, no, that's what we say, right? 
But then come like in February, Donovan Mitchell's sitting because of rest. Rudy Gobert's sitting because of, you know, he didn't make the all-star team and he's upset. Royce O'Neal's sitting because he's doing dumb things again. Joe Ingles out because who knows why. Uh, Mike Conley's out because of age. And so then we're down to like guys like Justin Wright Foreman and guys like George Yang. And I mean, it just, I'm just telling you, if we get to that point, do not expect us to make the playoffs. See, I disagree. I think the Jazz have depth. Well, they have depth, but it's not good depth. There's a difference between having depth and good depth. I, I think Jazz, there's enough star power on the team that there's always going to be a really good option on the court at all times. And you have some good depth around them. See, New Orleans, that was their first home preseason game. So they're going like it was a regular season game. Yeah. And the highlight reel afterwards was all about Zion. Look what Zion can do against Rudy Gobert. He had two plays where he got around. Yeah. It was like, oh, look at yeah, Zion. Yeah, the highlight reel really, I mean, what ESPN and Sports Center do us right? I mean, they take that star, golden prodigal child. Like right, they need to hype him up. Yeah, no, that's exactly. No, you're right. And by the way, Rudy Gobert dominated Zion. I'm going to be. He's I mean, a good player. My aspect, Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure, trying to say they're hyping a, a really ready. pedestrian player. I absolutely agree. He's a great talent. But I still, I still think Rudy Gobert dominated him. But in the you first watch half. that film, you're like, oh my gosh, these guys must have just wiped yeah. the floor of the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, who's that guy? Yeah. Oh, no, they barely win by one. If I'm Rudy, I'm kind of I'm irritated by that. I'm looking at it and thinking. He, he likes that fuel. Yeah, that's true. He'll he'll take that and eat that up, right, next time we see each other. And and then Derek Favors, just, I'm going to ball. Like that guy, you know, you get, you remember when Derek Favors was traded to the Jazz for Darren Williams and Devin Harris came here too. And Derek was this young, young guy. I mean, still in developing mode. And then by 2017, 18, he's one of the big, you know, big players and and uh, really key players in the playoffs. To be honest with you, and then you just see him in another uniform, and you're like, this isn't right. It just seems weird. It was yeah. it was gross. It was disgusting. It was unnatural. <laughs> um, but he was super cool about it. Oh my gosh! And the interview after with Kristen Kenny was so awesome. Yeah, you know, he he was just so polite, and he said, "Hey, you got a good team." And I'm like, "I'm just screaming at the TV, Derek! You should be a part of it." You know, because really he should be. I, I, I just, I mean, I hope it was worth what we gave up to give away Derek. I really hope it was worth it. I don't know if it is yet. It's still way too early to tell. I mean, the Jazz do have another game tonight. They they face the Kings tonight. Vivint's at home, home right, arena. Yeah. Yep, it's in Salt Lake City. Tips off at 7 o'clock. Uh, we are the new home of the Utah Jazz here on 106.9 The Fan. Uh, but we will not have the preseason games here. We'll pick it up when the regular season gets going. By the way, pretty cool to have, and speaking of our home, to have NFL on the 106 and the fan home station. To have, yeah. um, the, the, I mean, Houston and Texan or Houston and Kansas City yesterday was great. We have the Raiders and Packers next week and then the Cowboys and who do they play? I don't remember who they play next week. And then on Saturday, we're also doing college football. This Saturday, we've got a big one in the Big Ten, Penn State, Michigan. You'll hear that on this very station. That'll be a really interesting game. That's honestly. a big one for Michigan. Yes. That's a must win. Must win for Michigan. I, Penn and, State's and, playing and, really well. And really almost a must win for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, a guy. To well, a degree. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if he loses, they're not going to the college football playoff. And then if you get beat by Ohio State, if you get beat by, um, I yeah, I could say you play Michigan State too, and I think they still got Notre Dame, don't they? So, I mean, you lose to three of your rivals, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Michigan State, there's no way he survives. So this yeah. is a big one for him. Yeah, it's going to be a good showdown. It'll be fun to have that here on the station. So you can listen to it and be just fine because the Aggies don't play until later in the evening. Gosh dang it, dude. I'm so it's sick. It's going to be a late kick. And we, speaking of that, we heard of the kick time for next week's game against Air Force. That, too, will be a late kickoff. Yep, that's going to be scheduled at 8.15. That'll be on ESPN2. Get used to it. I think we're going to probably see more. You're going to see a chunk of it. I think BYU is going to end up being an 8.15 kick, Eric. Um, Fresno State's a 5 p.m. kickoff. You got Boise at 8.30. I'm guessing Wyoming will be a day game, as will New Mexico, but we'll see. Yeah, still to be determined. Uh, We'll get into more about Utah State uh, next hour, but that is some news that happened and was revealed today. Um, Ajay, before we take uh, another quick timeout here on the Full Court Press, I want to give a shout-out to some of the girls' soccer teams who played uh, this past week Mm -hmm. and did well on Saturday. Uh, it was, I think it's a little unfortunate that um, one of the playoff games featured two Region 11 teams facing each other. That's the RPI, man. But that's, You're right. That's how the RPI works. Uh, Logan and Bear River squared off against each other. Logan uh, dominated 6 nothing, uh, And so they advance. They will go to Cedar Valley on Wednesday. That'll be at 3 o'clock. Uh, Mountain Crest hosted Tooele on Saturday morning, and they dominated kind of in a similar fashion, if not even more so. They won 8-0, to zero. so they will travel to Ogden, who is the number one overall seed. So best of luck to the Mountain Crest Mustangs Wednesday afternoon. That'll be at 4 o'clock in Ogden. And a couple other teams had first-round buys. Green Canyon, Ridgeline, and Skyview uh, haven't played yet, but they all host games coming up this Wednesday. So Green Canyon hosts Crimson Cliffs, Ridgeline hosts Dixie, and Skyview hosts Pineview. Uh, so the Skyview game is at 2, Ridgeline game is at 3, Green Canyon plays at 4. So uh, all on Wednesday. So best of luck to uh, and Mountain Crest, they play at 4 also. So best of luck to uh, the girls' soccer teams from Region 11 as the those playoffs are underway. Volleyball. This is their final week of regular season. Their playoffs will be getting started here shortly as well. And then after this week's games in high school football, we'll know what the playoff situation looks like with the RPI. Um, that'll be revealed on October 19th. And then we'll know what the seating will be for that following weekend. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, it was a big weekend for the Major League Baseball playoffs. Man, we had some doozies. Yeah. Oh, Jay, we've yeah. had some great games in these championship series. We'll discuss that, uh, what's happened so far, game going on tonight. We'll update you on all that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. First pitch. And Correa lines it deep to right field. Judge is going back at the wall. Looking up. See you later. See you later. See you later. See you later. Astros even the series at a game apiece on the walk-off home run by Carlos Correa in the bottom. 
Dude, that's good music. You okay with that? Yeah. You said you wanted, dude, different music today. Yeah, we don't need that garbage, whatever that's put into our system. Man, that's good stuff right there, Eric. Good work, man. Looky, looky is the name of that song. Really? Who's mm-hmm. it by? Tammy Chin. Oh, dude, Tammy's good. That <laughs> is Tammy, then, huh? Yeah, she's good. She's yeah, a good R&B you artist. Didn't know. Yeah, I do, man. I'm a big R&B guy, man. Uh, that was uh, that was a huge. Home run by Correa. Well, no crap. It won the game. <laughs> it won the game. <laughs> 11 innings. Uh, that game went for over four and a half hours. And uh, actually, he had himself a game. More than just that, he actually got things started for the Astros earlier in the game. 2-0. And that's hit sharply past the dive of Urshela and down the left field line. Bregman scores. Tearing for third base and stopping there, Alvarez. An RBI double for Correa. one nothing Astros. AJ, what has surprised you more about these um, these two series? What, what I guess maybe not surprised you more. What has stood out to you the most in these two series? Uh, you know, it's been polar opposites of what I thought. I came in here on Friday and said, I feel like the Nationals are going to be exhausted. Colonels will be able to use that little bit of rest that they got. They're at home. Should dispose of the Washington Nationals in game one. I don't know what would happen in game two. Nationals just came out and slapped the Cardinals around. And in the other series, you know, it's, it, man, it's about, about a heavyweight battle that we thought it would be, right? Lineups one through nine, deep bullpens. In fact, the Yankees had only played... I mean, their bullpen had only played four games in the last 13. And then they come in in game two, and Aaron Boone just absolutely craps the bed with his bullpen. Really just mis- mismanaged the bullpen the other night. I mean, you had one guy who comes in there, and and he sees, uh, you know, who was it they came in and threw? Give me one sec. Let's see. So with 18 outs, he had Chad Green. That's right. It was Chad Green. He throws 26 pitches. He gets six batters out for 21 strikes. He looks great. He's not even breaking a sweat. But you take him out anyways, and you turn it over to Adam uh, Ottavino. And and really, Ottavino probably shouldn't have been in the game. Um, probably should have. I mean, I, I you leave Green in. Let your bullpen rest all they need to. See how much. I mean, let Green go the distance. See how long he can take this into in the night. And then hope your offense wakes up. Um, and and if I mean, but for Ottavino, you know, he had faced Springer just, you know, the night before, threw him a slider, which is his best pitch in game one, uh, and Springer just jacks it over the center field fence on a speed of 103.9 miles per hour. It's a slider that hang over the play, and Springer made him pay for it. Why send him out there again? Just made absolutely no sense to me, Eric. And so really, Aaron Boone lost this game for the Yankees more than the Yankees lost it. Well, it's been a really interesting series because what's been going on in the National League, it had the sense that road teams, I mean, home field advantage means nothing. And so the, the Nationals were up 2 nothing on on the Cardinals before this game really got going. 
and or at least game one, and uh, then the Yankees just pour it on after and dominate game one, and it looked like this is going to be a road <laughs> road series, uh, World Series. I mean, from the road teams, but then uh, Astros. Yeah, I think maybe there was some mismanagement with the bullpens um, for New York. But, uh, man, Carlos Correa, he was injured earlier on. He missed a lot of time. Uh, he hadn't really been helping and doing a whole lot for the Astros to this point. And then all of a sudden, he just came on. So the series uh, is going to shift to New York. I'm telling you, this thing's going seven. It has seven written all over it. So game three will be in New York. It'll be Tuesday afternoon. It'll be 2 o'clock hour time on Fox Sports 1. And you know what the problem is with that? Is the pitchers. Garrett Cole and Luis Severino. You have to pitch coming. You're in the shade and the sun's out in the mound and they have to be able to hit that ball, seeing it come out of the sun and into the shade of the last second. That is going to be disastrous for a lot of hitters. Good luck. Yeah, that'll be a low-scoring game. And Garrett Cole has been marvelous in his last 24 starts. He's 18-0, Eric. Luis Severino throws hard. He throws good breaking stuff. His change-up dips on you at the last second, falls off a cliff. Um, I mean, that is going to be a phenomenal pitching matchup. I can't wait for that one. So there's Game 3 tonight in the National League Championship Series. It's Cardinals at the Nationals. The series shifts to the D.C. area. Um, and uh, looks like it's going to be nice. It's uh, 75 degrees there as of about an hour ago. Eric, let me ask you. And that you game starts at about 5.30 on TBS. Nationals are 2-0 and in this series, Eric. 2-0. and Not 1-1. One one. They're 2-0. and And by the way... Both pitchers for the Nationals have taken a no-hitter into six-plus innings. A no-hitter into six-plus innings of ball. That means they've only had to use one reliever after. Their bullpen is just, I mean... They're fresh yeah, and ready to throw yeah. heat. And, I mean, they're begging to get out there at some point to go throw. Yeah, the, the Nationals, the, their aces have been aces. With, They've exactly, been incredible. Without, with very little help. Now, tonight's a dandy of a matchup. You got Jack Flaherty on one side. You got Steven Strasburg on the other. Expect another low-scoring matchup. If Strasburg can go deep again, that bullpen serves extra rest again. How do you use it? Now you can kind of mix and match your pitching matchup how you want to. Um, I think even I guess Sean Doolittle threw a lot. I don't know if they use him here for Game 3. They may be able to throw a couple innings, but... I guess we'll see. Yeah, hey, I what, gotta ask what, you what the, what what the Nationals have been doing just is so impressive. I mean, they've got to be just swelling with confidence after taking down the Dodgers. They've won two games on the road. They got to feel like they're unstoppable right now. Hey, I gotta ask you. You know, and 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 speaking of this, um, this is such a dumb story, um, and and it's the media's fault. Uh, but you know, Daniel Hudson wanted their closer, um, for game one was not available. Why? Because his wife was having their third child. So he talked to the team, he got on a plane and he headed back and he missed game one of the NLCS, the media. And then it's just frying him. The national media, I should say, is frying him for missing game one of the NLCS when he should be with the team instead of being with his family thoughts. 
I'll give mine after, but go ahead. I will need to find it, but there's a great post-game press conference. This was in Lithuania, and so you have to read the subtitles. But there was a key player who missed a game for a similar reason. And the coach, who I can't think of his name all of a sudden, he played at, at Maryland, he played in the NBA for a little bit, He's a great player for the Lithuanian national team. Anyway, he's their head coach. And he looks back at the at the reporter and he asks, have you ever had a child? Do you have any children? He turns it back on him like that. And he's like, he talks about how having a kid is, is magical. And it, it's an amazing experience, an amazing thing to happen. And so he like rips on the reporter for not having a sense of of what humanity is about. Uh, and so it basically comes down to, look, I have no problem if my one of my key players is gone because he's attending the birth of a child. And I totally agree with that. And 100%. Like, why not? I mean, dude, we're talking about the birth of a kid. He's not going to his kid's birthday party. He's going to a birth of his kid. Is that going to go rent the pony? The birth of his kid. Get out the old, uh, you know, candy He's not going cannon. to be the clown or anything. He's going to be a father for a third time. But as a national media, yeah, let's torch him because he should be pitching in game one of the NLCS. They'll figure it out. Um, and I mean, really, like, well, I mean, like, if your kid were to go up, hey, Dad, what was it like when I was born? Oh, I'm sorry. So I was pitching in game one of the NLCS. And it could have been, yeah, I was pitching in game one of the NLCS and I gave up a grand slam to lose it for us. Okay, so I found the clip. It's Shugunus Yesikavichus. Say that five times fast. That would, You've totally butchered it, too. Uh, and I'm not going to play it. It's, a, it's only about a minute, but you won't understand what he's saying. Um, but, yeah, this guy leaves in the middle of a, of, the, of a series, playoff series, to go attend the birth of a child. So totally rips on him, on the reporter. So it's great. Uh, I'll retweet it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. You should definitely read the sub t- the subtitles and look at the face of Sharunas Yesikavichus. He's like incredulous. Like, are you serious? You're really asking me this question? Well, it's just amazing. Like, um, I mean, one guy, one guy tweeted out this. This is a terribly weak move in the postseason. Regular season, it'd be totally fine. With the championship on the line, not a real gnat. Like... <laughs> oh man. Um Yeah, those people just they don't have a life. They, they, they for don't. them the the sport is everything. And who There's the hell are you else. to be able to say whether he can go or not? That's not your call, they're genius. It's it's to call the, the owner, yeah. the organization, the team, the coach, the manager. You go to them and say, Hey, look, I'd like to be there for the birth of my kid. If they say no, you're probably questioning their integrity as human beings. But more likely than not, they're probably going to say, yeah, you should probably go and be there for your wife. Because, I mean, and I hate to say this, but who knows if the, you know, if the birth goes as planned. You don't know that. Right, and you, there could be complications. Yeah, and you don't know, and you want to be there for her. That's totally understandable. And, and I, from, I mean, when I read the articles and I, and I read the team's responses, they're like, yeah, he should have gone. There's, if We would have been pissed if he didn't. Like, he needs to go by there and be for I mean, the players were supportive. The organization, the owner was very supportive. 
Um, and he, in fact, backed, and, and it's sad to say this, but he actually had to go defend Daniel Hudson in a, in a little presser, saying, yes, we gave him the ability to be able to go leave and be there with his family. And I love how he emphasizes, and I quote, to go take care of the things that are more important than baseball. Because the media is like, no, no, you know, he should have been here. How, how hard was it not to be able to pitch without your best, without your number one closer? I mean, how much, how much did it make it difficult? Unbelievable. Media is stupid. Like, national media is just dumb. There are dumb people out there, yes. Sadly. Anyways. Jeff Passan has a big story on it on ESPN. It's good. I just, yeah, I finished reading it this morning. It was really, really, really good. But as far as we can tell, everything was good. Baby, yeah. baby Baby's girl, well. Yep. Eight pounds, one yeah. ounce. Daniel Hudson's back. He'll, he's, uh, he was there for game two. He'll be ready to go for game three as well. If they need him <laughs> right now, they haven't had to use him. He could have took another day off with his wife if he needed to, but the wife told him, "You know what? If you need to go, go." Um, and and uh, it sounds like Hudson, uh, you know, has some family around over there taking care of her, so he'll be he'll be good to go for Game Three. Um, he's rested, that's for dang sure. Eric, going back into the baseball thing of this, um, Max Scherzer was phenomenal. Uh, who is? Who's game one pitcher? Is a Baldina? Baldina? I can't remember his name. Anyways, he was really good the other night for the uh, Sanchez. Yeah, Anibal Sanchez. Sorry, uh, was was incredible. He had the no hit into the eighth. This team's really good. His team is really good. No, I said this team's really oh, good. This team is really good. I just looked at the time and I was like, "Holy crap, we got to go." <laughs> Yeah, we are running up against the clock. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's been it's been really fun. Uh, you, both these championship series have been entertaining. Do you like the Nets for Game Three? Yes or no? Um, I oh, it's hard to get, go against Strasburg, but I kind of got a sneaky suspicion the Jack Cardinals Flaherty will come ready to go. Might get one back in DC though. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, coming up uh, next hour, we hear from Gary Anderson. And uh, find out about his thoughts about the bye week. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Being a high draft pick at quarterback can be a blessing and a curse in the NFL. You get a lot of money, and usually you get every chance to succeed. But when a top pick falters, they usually get a lot more negative attention than any other draft pick. On Sunday, the first two picks of the 2015 draft, James Winston and Marcus Mariota, ran into serious trouble again. Winston threw five interceptions in the Bucks' loss to the Panthers, and the Titans benched Mariota in a shutout loss to Denver. Both players could be free agents after this season. If the teams had to make a decision today, they'd probably move on from both. We'll see if Winston and Mariota can recover, but there's a good chance we'll view their first five years as a major disappointment. Now, we've seen quarterbacks like Steve Young and Alex Smith blossom late in their careers, but on a tough Monday in both Tampa and Nashville, it's hard to imagine Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota turning things around with their current teams. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.